okay. We've got the power. We're okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what Paul shared? That's what the doctor said as well. When he went to the doctor, she said he had an infection. And I remember when he was talking to Paul afterwards, he said just before he went, he just felt so hot. And that's what triggered the fit or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it's very, very important at times like this that we keep things in perspective. You know, that wasn't the devil that came in here and decided, I'm going to punch Paul in the nose. (laughs) Now, you laugh at that. Some people think that. You see, the devil doesn't have that kind of authority. We're children of God. The one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. We're under the protection of a heavenly father. But since the fall, you know, there's been sin, sickness, and death in the world. And sickness can come to us indirectly through bugs, gems, and viruses and the things that are in the world. Or it can be an affliction or a spirit of infirmity or something from the enemy. So the enemy can be involved in it, but not to the extent that to a son of God he can do that. Now, God's big. And he lives within us. And it's important that we recognize these things. The other thing I would say was this. That all of us have got strengths and weaknesses. That's character strengths and weaknesses. We've also got physical strengths and weaknesses. You know, there's no perfect body here. Does anyone think they've got a perfect body? You should be up there, not down here. Because we live in an imperfect world, and we have imperfect bodies. And most of our bodies have got weaknesses in one area or another. And sometimes, sickness can come along and hit us harder than it would someone else, because we've got a particular weakness in our body. Or it could be, in fact, this morning I believe there is someone here, you're continually suffering from pains in your lower back, and I believe God would say to you, the reason is you need to strengthen the muscles in your back because you've got a natural weakness there. You see, we can have natural weaknesses in our body, and when stress or pressure or sickness comes along, that can make it worse for us than it does for someone else because that's our particular weakness. We've also got strengths and weaknesses when it comes to our emotional life. In some areas of our emotions, we're fine. In other areas, we're a bit weak. And the enemy knows what buttons to press. And things can affect us emotionally. It may not affect someone else. That's because we've got an emotional weakness in that particular area. It could be in our minds. In some areas of our thinking, we're strong. But in other areas of our thinking, we are weak. So we have strengths and weaknesses. And we need to be asking God what some of our weaknesses are so that he can begin to strengthen them. Because every one of us is imperfect, aren't we? Say to the person, I'm still imperfect. (laughs) Then get them to say to you, I'm so glad that's why you're still here. The other thing I would say is this. Sometimes as charismatic Christians, 
We think we're just going to fly through life on a cloud. That's cuckoo land. In life, we will go through trials and tribulations like the unbeliever. The difference is we go through them by faith. You look at the life of the Apostle Paul. People say, I'd like to be like the Apostle Paul. Oh, would you? Would you really now? Beaten so many times, whipped, last, shipwrecked, you name it, it happened to him, but he came through all the trials by faith. How do you think our faith grows? Great faith comes through great trials. I'm sorry about that, but that's the way it works. Now, I'm not saying we should be praying for trials so we can grow in faith. I wouldn't do that. There's enough trials around in life. But to God, our faith is more precious than gold. And God continually wants to bring forth the gold of faith in our life. Paul will come through this stronger than he went into it. And the other thing that will happen, when God heals us, the area we've been healed in is then stronger than the original. You see, we were born in the earthly realm. When we get healed, heaven comes. Then whatever, whatever that weakness or sickness, when we're healed, that part then becomes stronger and better. I believe that. Because we're going to now get something of heaven in a body. I've said to Alison, she did a couple of, one tumor in her brain hemorrhage. I said, darling, now that God has healed you, in that area of your life, your parts are better than they were before you had the problem. Because heaven's come to earth. And the same works for Paul. Where he's been healed, he's now stronger. And he will grow in faith through this. And it will build his faith. And I already know he's digging into God in this because that's what we do at times like that. We either run away from God or we dig into God and say, God, what can I learn through this? How can I strengthen my faith? Because we've got to go from faith to faith and strength to strength and glory to glory. We're never in a place where we can stand still. And we're not those like the children of Israel who don't go into the promised land because of unbelief. We are going on by faith. You know, who's heard of Bob Mumford? Maybe some of you people that are over 90 will have heard of Bob Mumford. He was a guy in the early days of the charismatic movement, harvest time and all the rest of it. He wrote this book in Guidance. And uh, I was reminded the other day, I was thinking about this. He's got this little picture in the book. And here's the devil sat on the pavement. He sat like this and he's crying. And someone comes along and sits next to the devil and he says, excuse me, Mr. Devil, why are you crying? He said, because I wish I did all the things I got credit for. <laughs> now, I respect the devil, but God's bigger. And we've got to keep things in perspective. And don't blame everything that happens in your life to the devil. There's the flesh to deal with. And maybe it's your flesh that God's talking to you about. And that's the way we're going to fix it. 
And even if a demon is cast out because you've got a bad habit, whatever it is, you can have the demon cast out, but if you don't deal with the flesh, you'll be no better off. Because it's the fleshly habit that allows the entry of the demonic in the first place. So if you want to stop the enemy getting back, you need to deal with the wrong habits. And let God build in godly character in that particular area that lines up with the Word of God. See, God just doesn't want us happy. He wants us holy. If you pursue happiness before holiness, you're not likely to find it. If you pursue holiness, you're likely to find happiness. That's the way it works in the kingdom. Holy people are happy people. You can read about people in church history. These holy men and women of God were happy men and women of God. It was great to be in their company. I like people with a sense of humor. Holy and happy people. Hallelujah. So, you know, our God is big. He really is that God we sang about this morning. He's the sovereign Lord God Almighty. He's the creator God. He's all that we need him to be. He's omnipotent, means he's all-powerful. He's omniscient, means he knows everything. He knows your every thought today. He knows your every thought. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's here. He's in Highland Ferris. He's at John O'Groats, Land's End. He's in China. He's in America. He's in the sky. He's in the sea. He's absolutely everywhere. There's nowhere we can go to get away from him. And he loves us. He loves us. So this God who is absolutely everywhere loves you and me with a perfect, unconditional love every day of the week, not just on a Sunday when we come together here. Isn't that good? When you go to work tomorrow, God loves you as much as he does today. Isn't that good? When you go through tough times, God loves you. When you go through easy times, God loves you. When you fail at doing things, God loves you. When you're successful, God loves you. Nothing can stop God loving us. And nothing can separate us from his love. (laughs) What a great God. You see, you remember in the book of Job, the enemy's got to ask permission. And we walk under God's divine protection unless there's willful disobedience or rebellion in our lives. When that happens, we then take ourselves outside God's protection. It's not because God removes it. So the fault is not God's, but ours. Okay? Here I am, goody-goody Brian, goody-two-shoes, I'm holy, I'm happy. (laughs) Okay? I start to get into willful rebellion against God, and some things he's saying to me, I'm not doing that, God. I've come outside his protection. I've exposed myself to the enemy. I have now made myself vulnerable. How do I get back under there? God, I'm so sorry. I repent, Father. Help me by your grace never to do that again. (whistles) Holy and happy again. So it's best to be holy and happy, isn't it? And stay under our God's divine protection because that's a place of safety and no one and nothing can touch us there. Praise God. I'll soon be finished. But there's something else I heard this week. Some people said about preaching faith. 
We've got to be careful we don't preach faith because the enemy will get you rubbish. I've been preaching faith for years. There's hundreds, there's thousands of ministers and pastors preaching faith. We preach spiritual warfare. We preach all sorts of things. It's nothing to do with the message. If we take that kind of thing in board, we'll be fine to do anything that upsets the devil. I better not walk in love. That'll upset the devil. He wants me to hate people. If you follow that through to its logical conclusion, that's where it takes us. So we preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. Don't we? We preach what God wants us to preach. And if that upsets the enemy, I'll have to upset him. Sometimes it upsets people. Isn't it crazy? Christians don't like the Word of God sometimes. Because God's Word means we've got to change. Because He never changes. Because His Word is eternal and true. And He wants His Word to find a resting place in our heart. So we can bear fruit. So it's not the message. That was nothing to do with the message last week. Nothing whatsoever to do with the message of faith. Or Paul saying about Smith Wigglesworth dropping a child and that child getting healed. There's nothing to do with that whatsoever. We will keep preaching faith. I love what Paul said. You know, people are going to live by faith. Well, what have we been doing up to now? What have we been doing up to now? The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. Who is righteous here today? Stick your hands up with your righteous. Not self-righteous, righteous because of Jesus. That's us. So the righteous shall live by faith. It's not an optional extra we stick on. You know, it's not something we keep in a back pocket. I'll give my faith out. I've got a trial here. I'll give my faith out. No, no. We should be living like this all the time. We walk by faith, not by sight. I even sing by faith. See? Who said amen? I sing by faith. I sing believing God loves my singing and doesn't care if I'm not tuneful. So I sing by faith. Does anyone else here sing by faith? Who can own up to it? See, I thought there was a few more than me here. Praise God. Yes, he does. Praise God for the worship group. They'd have to sing by faith. They know they've got lovely voices and they can play the instruments and all that. I've got to sing by faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, some Bible verses here that I like. Actually, yes. Romans eight sixteen says this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit we are children of God. 1 John 4, 4, He who is in you, I put that in capital letters, you, that's you, that's Y-O-U, capital letters, is greater, capital letters, greater than the one who's in the world, small letters. The one who's in you, capital letters, is greater, capital letters, than the one small letter who's in the world. Behold, I've given you, capital U. Why are you? Say to someone, I'm a you. <laughs> then go, bah. <laughs> Behold, I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all 
the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Capital U. Nothing. I'm going to read this one out. I didn't write it down, but I thought about this, and I want to read this one out as well, because uh, well-known verses, I'm just quoting well-known verses. I want to make sure that I focus in the right place today, and the kingdom is going to advance. Let's say, here we are, Romans 10, 35. No, I've got it in here, have I? Romans 10, 35. You'll like this. Yeah, you'll like this bit. Romans 10, 35. Where's that gone? Okay, anyway. Well, forget that one. Forget that one. Anyway, it's a good one. But I have got this one. And this one, I'm going to, I've read, I read this out about two years ago. And uh, this was an, a young African pastor. And it's his, it's his prayer of commitment. And he says this. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees. Does that mean you've got smooth knees? That means lack of prayer, by the way. I just thought I'd throw that in. Okay, with a smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean in his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. This is good, isn't it? My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way rough. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. <laughs> I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. Are you getting this? I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I'll know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. That should be the prayer of all of us. Could we stand? Could someone tell the kids they can come back in in a minute, please? 
Father, we just thank you that you are the sovereign Lord God Almighty and you're our loving Father and nothing is hidden from our sight. And Father, thank you the one who is in us is greater than the world, the flesh, and the devil. And thank you, Father, we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. And Lord, you know everything that's happened? Father, things that happened last week, Lord, I just break off all trauma, all shock, and all fear. I break it off in Jesus' name, and I just loose your loving peace and your loving presence to minister to this people. And I ask, by your grace, God, you'll take us into the fullness of all you have for us that this will be a building block that would take us into a destiny. So, Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done amongst this people called Kingdom Life Church in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Good.